Mike, uh, thank you so much, man. It means the world that you're here with me. Um, I know your schedule is absolutely insane. You're every single weekend for, it seems like every year. Uh, so taking the time out to come in and uh, sit down with me is pretty awesome. Thank yeah. you, brother. No, right on, man. Always fun to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, we, Always, we've had yeah. some good ones in the past for no. sure. Sorry, well, well let's let's jump right into it. And and as you might imagine, I spent the week leading up and trying to uh, just go through everything that I could find on you and your background. And, and it's so extensive that your knowledge base from your time as a champion fighter now as your time as a, it seems like every weekend you're winning another champion for another fighter. And it's, it's amazing. Um, how do you, have you moved to a point now where it's, there's a, a, a very distinct difference in your thought process and approach where you're no longer coaching as a, a, like a fighter's coach, they call it, or a player's coach where you bring your, your own personal knowledge as a fighter. Or is there a real separation now because you've seen so many different types of athletes, you've seen so many different types of fighter that you really conform to fit the athlete that you're coaching? Yeah, I mean, every every, uh, every athlete has their, their strengths and weaknesses, and obviously, you know, you don't try to cram what you're good at down somebody's throat, you know, or maybe they're uh, dramatically different than what, what you are. Uh, yeah, I, I try not to push my game on them. I, I try to be um, open-minded, and there's a lot more, there's a lot of ways to win a world title. Right. There's not one path. There's many different ways, wow, many different, cool. many different body types, many different, uh, many different roads. And, and to think there's only one way there, you know, you're, you're mistaken. You, uh, and you got to f- see what, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses are of your athlete. E- each guy or girl bring, brings, you know, their, uh, their cards to the table and you got to play with those cards. Right. Yeah. Is it now having, and how, how long have you been a, a coach full time now? Since 2013. 13, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And have you got to a point? Cause one of the things that I, you know, and, and I know when, when we first met is when, you know, Andre was gracious enough to bring me on and let me work with him and you guys for a little bit of time, which was, incredibly insightful and thank you so much for yeah. i know i peppered you with questions oh, every, amazing, yeah. every time and, and working with it, andre is just you know it's a special it's a special thing man a world champion yeah mm-hmm. he really is and, yeah. and what is really amazing is that he's been able to muster um the effort to continue for 19 straight years <sighs> unbelievable at this level it's unheard of yeah i mean it's he, he's in a different class than i think of most and he I think it's really just that innate toughness that's in him and where he's from and how he was raised and, and his, his perception on, on what gives him meaning in life, right? He is a fighter to the core. Yeah. And you, I mean, you don't see, uh, I've, I've personally haven't seen any other heavyweights that, that move like he moves, you know, he, uh, huh. In terms yeah, I, of, I don't, I don't work with a ton of heavyweights, Yeah, but he's very athletic guy, you know, right. just the way he, he picks things up and the things he can do with his body, you know, he, he moves like a, for me, he moves like a guy who's like 185 pounds, but he's like 250. Right. You know, it's, you, know you don't see that very often. And, and, and is, so one of the things is, and, and that's, 
part of, I think, what makes you as good as you are. It's one thing that I, I saw immediately when our, is that you really have um, a very detailed process of your evaluation. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, when a fighter approaches you? And I know at, at American Top Team, where you're, you're, you're based here in South Florida, you know, they'll say, hey, all right, Mike, we want you to work with this guy or that guy. But when you have a, you see a fighter comes to you and who's got great potential, what are the things that you initiate your evaluation process with? I mean, it's pretty basic. You know, you look to strengths and weaknesses, you know, it's uh, kind of obvious, I guess, but see if we have any, you know, ma major holes that we get to patch up. And, uh, but sometimes you don't, want to get too caught up with what your opponent is doing sometimes it's more important to focus on what you're good at and and I'll, <clears throat> and kind of put the ball in their court make, make them worried about what you're doing have them adapt to you mm -hmm. sometimes if you get too focused on what what the other guy is doing you, you you lose what you're great at you know sometimes it's it's good to perfect your game and and don't change it Unless it's like certain circumstances, it's you have to. Right. But try to push your game on them and uh, let them adapt to you. You don't want to give up your strengths. What um, kind of fighters have you worked with in the past who are really good at that? So, you know, we have an idea of what that looks like. Uh, you know, like uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is a um, world-class uh Karate style, very unique style, great footwork, great motion, uh, incredible speed, incredible athlete. Uh, I mean, that's what he's good at. And sometimes if you try to change his game, make him something different, it's not going to be good. Uh, I think let him do his thing. And do, I know very little about karate. <laughs> you know, very, very little. You right, know? right. I mean, I'm, I learn bits and pieces from him. Right. You know, but it's... Uh, you don't try to change that. Yeah. Even though I don't even completely understand everything he's doing, it's like, I don't want to mess with it. It's, it's very good. Uh, you know, m my strengths are more of my like wrestling and submission grappling. Mm -hmm. So I try to help him more with, you know, defensive stuff, keeping him off the floor, keeping him on his feet as long as he can, um, to, to utilize his techniques. But, uh, you don't want to change that guy, you know, right. even though it's far Stylistic, from, it's far right? from me, far from what I can do, but it's, it's interesting, you know, and that's something you don't want to mess with. Mm -hmm. It's a success. He's a world, he's a world champion multiple time and, uh, he's very good. Is that what makes people so unique? Like you had, you had talked in an article recently about your wrestling background, right? And there's just, you, you, you just, you had this unique description that I'd never seen anybody kind of use before. And that was, it's like learning a language when you were a little kid, right? Yeah. You learn that language. You don't have the accent. It, it's able to flow depending upon who's the teacher and what, how they teach and whatever. But you still, there's a, uh, uh, it's almost imprinted in that developmental process. And you, you had referenced it in terms of wrestling and the yeah. work ethic that wrestling teaches. Yeah. Do you, do you see that? Do you, say, do you think that style is indicative of of that type that similar that similar uh concept where at some point early in people's careers they they learn this style right the greatest stylistic we ever saw was bruce lee right he created right. this whole 
this persona yeah. Muhammad Ali um, in the modern era, right? John Jones has this really unique style, right? Yeah. Is that also indicative of, of, of greatness too, to have a really unique style? Mm-hmm. It can be, but it, it doesn't have to be. But I, I do think there's something to starting young. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, and you don't always have to. You, I mean, I'm sure you could be a world champion or, or, or maybe the best ever and start late. Maybe that's possible, but I'm not sure, right? It's, uh, I don't ever think that I know everything and I always, you know, I'm always open to new information and new ideas. Yeah. But I, I do think a lot about uh, something special going on when you, when you learn at an early age. The way your brain works and the way you, you pick things up is much different, right? Like, I like the, the analogy of, of a, learning a language. Mm-hmm. If you try to learn a new language at 20 years old, 25 years old, you're going to have an accent. Right, you know? period. And, it's this, and I think it's the same thing if you're learning wrestling or boxing or mixed martial arts. If you were to learn like this stuff at an early age when your brain is still developing, it's like a deeper, a deeper knowledge, a deeper learning, a deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with, with no, it's almost instinctual, you know, if you can, if you can learn it at a younger age and, and you'll, you'll learn it like in a, at a, like the far corners yeah. of the deep recesses the of the, that primordial drive that's right. in us, right? That fight capacity. The very deepest way yeah. you could ever know the, the, the sport or, yeah. or the movements, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. And I really believe this, you know? And, and we'd also, right before we came on, you were talking about genetics as well too, is that if a person has really fantastic genetics, they're, they're more inclined to accept that imprinting, right? They have that natural propensity for great balance, fast twitch yeah. reaction, yeah. Uh, peripheral capabilities, yeah. right? That almost that <clears throat> sixth sense where if they're focused here, they can still feel movement moving this way on them, right? Yeah. It's kind of built into us. Yeah, th- there's many different genetic advantages an athlete can have, right? Right. Some are crazy fast good advantage some are crazy strong some crazy uh, punching power some crazy balance some in in insane conditioning whether that's whatever it is vo2 max uh, lactic threshold whatever it might be that gives them some crazy genetic advantage right Mm -hmm. um and you see it you see it all the time and you see like i've seen athletes who who barely train or are not by far not the hardest worker in the gym but maybe some of the best conditioning i've ever seen it's incredible you know like without a doubt it's genetics like you see a guy come in and he's drinking beers and eating pizza for for a month and come in and like sparring with world-class monsters and and the other guys are getting tired before him he he steps out after the the round and he's dropping his pulse rate to like 115 in like 30 seconds right it's it's so crazy you know and uh, I pay attention to it because I never had that, you know, like, well, let's I was talk a- about that <laughs> a little bit because, you know, 
you had a prolific career yourself. I mean, you're world champion. You were a state champion wrestler in high school. You were an honor, uh, 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 academic all American. No, 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 no academic. No, no. But you were notary. You were there was. I was a good student. You're a great that, that student. And, I didn't and, wrestle too were, much in college. Uh, but but you were you made it to that level, hmm. right? And and so there was something about you that then triggered this. Well, can I push it to the next level? And nobody can fight and be a world champion unless you have some of that. Did you see your gifts at what, at what time were you like, man, I, I think I can compete. I can do this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I had it. I was fairly strong, but mm-hmm. I didn't think I had uh, a lot of physical gifts. I think my, my best gift was I'm a bit of like obsessive compulsive. And that's another <laughs> advantage you can right have. i mean right how many great, how many world champions do we know that they're they've they have only one life and that's to yeah do what they do right? that that is also one way to a title is yeah. some people are obsessive compulsive that's all they care about that's all they do and that's all they think about you know so they're working on it all the time mm-hmm. there's a uh, a great book that i one of my favorite books is uh the sports gene i don't know if you've ever i haven't yeah, read yeah. that wow but, i gotta uh, read it's, that it's and they talk a lot about all these different athletes and and why different people advanced and and were elite in their individual sports, mm-hmm. right? And and genetics is the reason. But there was one like chapter about like obsessive compulsive athletes. Because you're a big work hard guy though yeah. too. I mean, I remember many of our conversations and why you see some guys ascend, you know, where their talent might not be because they work really hard though, mm. too. I, I know yeah. you're a big proponent of if you put the time in, yeah. you should see the results. If you're doing it correctly, you have the right coaching, the right training programs. Yeah. Do, do they correlate? Is Oh, for, for, for sure. But like in my case, I don't, I never really felt, I mean, you're working hard, but you know, when you do what you love, it doesn't feel like yeah, it, right? It, yeah, it, yeah. But it has, fighting is not something, it, or I mean, I guess you could, but it's it's something really difficult to do if you don't love it. Right? <laughs> you know, if, it's really hard. If, if you don't love it. And how many fighting, fighters have you seen who do it who don't really no, love it, right? I mean, you see people try. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you can see some people because they don't want to get a regular job. Yeah. You know, some people like maybe it's a, maybe it's an athletic kid. Maybe he's a good wrestler. Yeah. But he's still not, doesn't really want to get into the, the real world yet. And it's like, ah, well maybe I'll just fight, but this is not his calling. This is not what's like right. screaming at him every day. Like yeah. this is what his passion, you know, you won't make it, you know, it's just too tough. It's too, it's too rough on the body. I'm glad you're going down this path because I think everybody always wants to know, right? Cause I, I get yeah. very similar questions. Why do you want to run into gunfire? Yeah. Right. Why do you want to know you're, why do you brutal brutalize yourself in a yeah. training process through eight to 12 weeks or whatever? I'm sure you've seen even shorter yeah. than that. Yeah. And then know you're going to walk into a cage with somebody who's really good who could potentially kill you yeah. and you want to do that over and over again. It can't be for paycheck. It's definitely not. That, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the money, you will not make, you know, oh like, my it, God, it can't, be. it can't be. It has to be much yeah. like bigger than that. It has to be a much like stronger pull than that. Is it ideological or is it, or is it, is it, um, is it a sense of, uh, um, you're searching 
to, to be the champion. You want to be the best at some one particular thing. I think so. I think that's a, a lot of it from, for many, many people. Okay. You know, it's, uh, was that and it in for my, you? Yeah. And I mean, well, that's at first it was just being good at, at, at this, uh, the most purest form of competition in the world is yeah. how I feel, right? Absolutely. It, it cuts out all the bullshit of, I think it's what all sports are truly about, but it gets rid of the silly rules. Like every sport is about, you know, who, it's like a, a test of strength, a test of manhood, <laughs> yeah. who's a superior athlete, yeah. you know? It, it's, if who you, can, who will collapse under pressure. And yeah. It's like a primitive, yeah. like test yeah. of manhood. And it. It's like a simulation of this. That's what sports are all about. Right. But it's getting away, it's getting rid of all the, the silly rules and say, no, no, let's really see who, put two guys in a cage, lock the door and see who would live and who would die. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, if we had some, some food, it was the last you know, food on earth, we would see who would get that food. And you that's, know, that, this is that, how it's going to work. Yeah. Mindset, you know? And, and what's amazing to me, I think is, is how exceptional you are at identifying people's ability to do, to call upon that primal instinctual drive. Right. And then to give them the skills to enhance to where they can do that. Cause that's what it is. You're taking another man's ego or you're taking another woman's ego. You're taking their hopes. You're taking every, and you're the champion by, by this really sophisticated style of fighting, right? Yeah. It's not just haymakers going, I mean, this is the most, the best of the best in the world are fighting in these moments. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's a science and, and at the highest, I'm lucky to be at a, an amazing gym where it's right. like, it, it's, we, I mean, we never get in anybody starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, some people maybe have never trained MMA before, but they have like a, an extensive like combat sports background, right. judo, wrestling, boxing, kickboxing. So, you know, they, everybody that have, that I train ha, has come from somewhere usually. Right, you right. Know, There's is, some route. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ha- pretty high level gym. So we're not starting many from scratch or I'm not starting people from scratch. Well, let me ask you this then, because I, I think it's fascinating. You know, I, I went to Penn State, one of the best wrestling programs in the world. And, Absolutely. And, and, and just watching the determination and, and the guys that were the best, right? The Kerry Colots, these, uh, they wanted to be, get on the mat. They wanted to be in the competition more than anybody else. And you saw every aspect of their life do that. When you get these young uh, fighters that have these limited, how how long does it take for them to realize, yeah, I want to go to where I'm in the, the main ring where the best of the best are fighting. Cause it's gotta be a whole different pace. You know, like when you go from college to pro, everybody yeah. always talks like, yeah. you know, you, it's like five speeds faster in football. The yeah. pitching in baseball is, is six miles an hour faster, right? right. There's this massive jump and, and, and it, and we see, I think you can see it in, in martial arts or mixed martial arts when you see these kind of lower level competitions and then verse yeah. the octagon of UFC or, or Bellator yeah. or whatever. Do, I, it, does it happen quickly? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm in, I'm in a, like a, my own bubble. I'm in a real weird spot, <laughs> honestly, because where I'm at, like, um, I mean, every athlete I tra- train with or, or wants to be there. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty uh, big gym at a pretty high level gym. It's like uh, 
the classes I teach are, it's pro class only. So only, they're yeah. all it's all professional right, fighters. Right. And, you know, half or most of them are already in the UFC. Yeah. Or, or the the major leagues, you know. Right. And the ones that aren't, that's their goal. Right. So like that's what I deal with mostly. Yeah. So, so you're not seeing that that I, those transitions. I don't phases, see, yeah. Right? I'm like yeah, yeah I, I don't I'm lucky to be at a gym where I'm kind of there already. I, I, I don't, Mike, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think luck is, yeah, for you landing at ATT, but, you know, I, I'm not. You're one of the best coaches I've ever seen in my whole life in any sport. Oh, and, I've, nice. and, and I've told you, you this before. Yeah. And, it's, and it's because of how you approach each person individually. And you really, what I, what, what's awesome is that you, you allow you work in conjunction with them. You know, so often you see coaches want to be the dominant factor in, in strategy and technique and yeah. all this stuff where it, it almost is, you know, you, you can see the resistance and then you start to yeah. see the mental challenges happen. But man, you're so um, um, uh, metamorphic mm. in terms of how you kind of weave into these fighters. Can you describe a little bit of the differences across maybe three or four of the champions you're working with now and kind of just to talk how you approach each one differently. I mean, well, I guess I, uh, I mean, I realize I have strengths and weaknesses, right? And a lot of times these athletes, uh, have strengths that are much better than mine You know, where I can learn on a lot of fight camps. I'm, I learn from them. Wow. You know, it's like an exchange of knowledge. That's cool. You know, I'm bringing some stuff, I'm showing them some ideas, but I'm getting better too. The, the, they maybe are, are better at one aspect of the game. Um, like w with Horiguchi, you know, maybe I'm picking up um, some some karate technique that I've never seen. Um, with with Dustin, he's got a lot of like Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. very good uh, jujitsu. Like he's a good finisher, has a lot of good slick submissions and also very like high level boxing. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've picked up a bunch of tricks from him. Um, Masvidal, maybe one of the highest fight IQs of anybody. Uh, really? I've met. Yeah. No, wow. No, no, that says a lot coming from you. I mean, you. no, knows uh, really, really, really high in-depth knowledge of uh, Muay Thai, uh, wrestling, jujitsu, boxing. <clears throat> and his like his main coach who he's been with the longest is from like a Taekwondo background. Wow. So he has like Taekwondo techniques he can pull out. He's got like more weapons than anybody. Is that because of what we were talking before? He started so early, so young? Yeah, he started with boxing. Right. was the first thing. He grew up in Miami and boxing was what he started with as a teenager. Mm -hmm. uh, so his boxing is like what's really ingrained in him deep, you know? Right. Um, but MMA was shortly after that. And he he's a guy who... Um, really like just submerges himself in this sport, you know, and, and with like, he falls in love with Muay Thai and he's like Muay Thai, Muay Thai, Muay Thai for a few years, <laughs> That's cool. you know? So then he like finds all the details and, and takes all the techniques that are, that will help him out in the MMA fight and pulls out of there. And then next was falls in love with wrestling for a while. And, yeah. You know, so he's very, very well-rounded and, and, and can pull from many things. That's why like when he, matches up with somebody who has a weakness mm -hmm. it's easy to exploit that weakness because i mean sometimes you just put your game on the guy whatever it is whatever you're strong at but he's a guy who has so many weapons he's he's good at like finding the hole 
Yeah. Because he has for so the many, particular style right, and the time yes, yes. and the moment and all that. Right, right. He's got it's he, one thing that it blew me away is his just impeccable timing, right? Mm. And and I think you know, he blasted onto the scene with that flying knee. Mm. And but the timing for that, people what people don't understand is the, the body control, the launch trajectory, the momentum. The, oh. the pressure of the beginning of the, yeah. all of that compiled into this one accurate moment of de- complete devastation. Yeah. That's pure. I mean, that's really ingrained in who he is as a, an athlete. That's right? very, yeah. That's a complex uh, motion. You know, this is, <laughs> you know, this isn't just like a jab, you know, this is, a, there's a lot of moving parts right. to this technique, you know, yeah. and timing and all that. And against a world-class athlete who, you know, two-time Hodge Trophy winner, undefeated mixed martial art fighter, multiple-time world champion in jiu-jitsu. I mean, in mixed martial yeah. arts. Uh, no, that was a, yeah, that was a beautiful moment. You know, yeah. everything coming together. But like for him, his boxing, I would say, is what he's been doing the longest and probably his best asset, his best tools. But like say a. a Nate Diaz, who also has mm-hmm. good boxing. Okay, so he can mix things up and. And also his, his weak, submission. His, too, weak, right? yeah. his weakness is kickboxing. Okay, so I can open up my kickboxing game and let it okay and and let it flow on him. You know. Yeah. Uh, so if if you have like a hole where you're not so good, he can he can come heavy with with those attacks because he knows you have a, a a hole and he'll exploit it. So as a coach, when you see somebody that has really these really phenomenal talents and a, and a great spectrum of, of knowledge that they can pull from, and they've done all the other things, right? They're in shape, uh, you know, they're, they're, all, you know, they're not, there's Eating no right. injuries, yeah, yeah. the whole Eating thing, right. they're in yeah. the, the prime, right? As a coach, you, I, I love the way you always talk about it. It's the exchange of ideas. It's never I'm imposing. It's never do what I tell you to do. And that was the thing that really just like blew me away with you. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen at, at your level, right? It's like, hey, think about this. What do you think? Yeah. And think about this. Are you seeing that fighters... Are, are they, do they like that style or, or do fighters kind of need to be told sometimes because it's so monotonous, you're doing the same things over. Do they, do they get to a point where they're like, just tell me what to do coach and I'll do that. Or, or are they looking now for the exchange like you, like you have Di- with uh, different athletes, you know, they're, yeah. they're, I have some athletes that want to be told what to do every second. You know, some, wow. some just like to work that way. You know, you tell me what to do and I do it, jump how high I'll do it, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And that, that, that can be fun. You know, it, it, it is fun to work with athletes like that. If they're reactive. Re- really though. open. Yeah, yeah. Up. And I, and I work with some that yeah. are, that are, are really good like that. You know, some are, are way looser and, and, and don't like that. They want to, they, they want to be told what to do sometimes, or sometimes they just want to, um, you give them a suggestion and think about it. Okay, maybe use this, you know, because it's, uh, you know, sometimes I think you can overcoach somebody. Yeah. If you tell them what to do all the time. I think it's it's important to let, you know, it's a different perspective in there. They know what they're good at and what they're bad at. I mean, you can't be telling them only things you're good at or, or, or things like this. Mm-hmm. But, um, and what are you looking how to read an athlete? What are the little the the little innuendos or the signs you're looking for in an athlete in order to elevate the pressure or pull back on the pressure? What little things in a in a sparring 
situation. Let's say you've got two athletes, they're having a rough day. Maybe it's one particular thing, you know, what are you looking for to, to know when to, I guess body language, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, huge. you can tell when an athlete has had enough or, yeah. or going to break or uh, needs motivation. Uh, I, I guess you just say just body language. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Or they'll tell you sometimes, yeah. you know. Is <laughs> that, is that, is that huge for you with your, your athletes you work with is communication? Yeah. You, you I mean, promote that. Yeah. Everybody's different, right? Every, that's, that's a big thing too. Cause we work with so many different athletes. And it's not a regular season. Everybody's peaking at a different time. <laughs> Everybody is like, some people are uh, completely out of shape beginning their camp. Some people are not in any camp at all and just trying to learn technique. Some people are in the best shape of their life and ready to fight for a world title in two weeks. Wow. So it's, you, you know, you have all different, uh, you know, levels of fitness at different times. And it's, uh, you, they all have to be treated differently and all have to you have to find balance and, and kind of coordinate that as it comes. It's funny that you talk about that. I remember, you know, when, when we were working together a little bit and I was working with the Red Sox and I was working with a bunch of tennis players and I was going back and forth and I, you know, it was tough to change perspectives on what was important for the particular of that player in that moment in that time do you keep a log of your fighters? Do you take vo- uh, voice notes? Or have you just been doing it so long that you've been able to um, uh, compartmentalize information in a very effective way in your mind? Well, I, I keep a, like a notepad of uh, things that I want to work on with each athlete. Oh, okay. You know, like if I see something, oh, I got to remember, to. we need to work on this. And then I'll also have a, another notepad of like scouting notepad mm-hmm. of, of, uh, you know, of opponents that we're going to be fighting. Um, but with the individual, sometimes I'll have a uh, compilation of video clips. Yeah. Also I'll, I'll take from the, either the sparring or the, uh, or fights that we need where, what we need to work on. Like I'll take little, could be five seconds to, to one minute long clips of their fight or their mm-hmm. sparring that I'll I'll put it aside and in a folder. Uh, okay, this is what I... So when I'm working with an athlete, I'll, I'll go back to my file and, mm-hmm. and look to see what where we need to improve. And How important uh, is that visualization for for athletes that, or for especially for MMA fighters? I mean, it's important, right? Like it's a... Sometimes also it's important for them to see it you know, like, uh, try to record all the sparrings and, uh, make sure they see it also. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different perspective, you know, like sometimes they don't realize what they're doing. And if they saw it with their own eyes, they, it, it would be so easy to correct, right. but they don't realize even what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's completely different. I mean, the, the greatest, by far the greatest tool to learn from is your own fights by far, you know, if you, after you compete, this yep. is it, this is you know, this is the competition. This is the greatest learning tool of all time. Well, you look at like Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Who is obviously the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game in the history of the sport. I mean, nobody's even close. I mean, you could argue probably Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw, or whatever. But in terms of the effort he puts in as a as a as an intellectual player, yeah. right? He does something like thirty hours a week in video review on his performance, Incredible. and 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 it's like copious notes that he's yeah. taken too. It's not just these, you know, all right, you know, change your feet release and stuff like that. But I mean, it's literally 
in-depth stuff. Do you find as you, as fighters begin to work with you and they're changing camps, um, are they, are they because of your reputation, because of your style and how you work well with them? Do they, do they adjust pretty easily to these new ideas or concepts that they're not used to? And, and if not, what do you do to get them to believe in it? I mean, most do, not everybody, you know, some, you just can't break. Some are just, <laughs> some are just like wild, you know, wild stallions and, and never going to be tamed. You, you know, you, you do your best, honestly, right, you know, right. uh, some are very easy. Some will, some will listen to everything you say and believe in it. Yeah. Some just are, you know, natural born skeptics and, and, <laughs> and it's not for them and they're, you know, everything you, for every bit of, uh, Everything you give, every every piece of technique you get them to learn, it is like you battle tooth and nail for it, and and it's even rare that you get anything past their guard. You know that's yeah. just how some people's makeup are. You know, awesome. and I uh, just try to like, and and there some some amazing athletes that are like this. You know, yeah. really great successful athletes. I mean, I just come to realize that uh, everybody's different, and I may have said it before. There's a, there's more than one way to a world title, so. That, that, and I think that's a really powerful thing for any athlete to hear, right? Mm. That there are, uh, yes, there are some key uh, definitive techniques that need to be in place, right? With it, with any sport you're in, you have to know the basics and be able to perform those basics to perfection under pressure. But it's where the, the, the beauty, the art of the sport comes into play that you mm. can manipulate those best basics in, in a really unique way that fits your style, your drive or whatever. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, champions? Because you have a, now have just this, this uh, uh, pretty extensive <laughs> re- resume of working with champions, wow. man. I mean, the, the, the picture you posted the other day with... The, everybody yeah. in their boat. I mean, you're you you've been involved in the biggest fights in MMA this this year. But I I would say this is like 100 percent like what Dan Lambert's done at that's all American top team. Okay, you know, that's his his creation. This is uh, uh it is just, amazing. It's, it's just it's a it's a compilation of many amazing coaches, great facility, and and structure and training partners. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a giant like team. Right. That, that creates all this, you know, yeah. so I'm, I, I feel like I'm lucky to be part of it. Um, but that's all like, this is Dan Lambert's creation, man. He's yeah. been doing it longer than anybody. Uh, even on the, you know, it's had amazing, a lot of ma- amazing highs, but there's also been a lot of yeah. really ho- low lows and he's always pushed forward through, through that. That's cool. And, um, yeah, that's, that's why the team, is what it is and it's yeah there, there there's many of them but i want to go back to a little point okay where we we're talking about the being open-minded and and i had a like an old coach who was, who was pretty close-minded and it, and it would it always kind of drove me crazy i remember we'd argue about ricardo mayorga right everybody <laughs> yeah. knows ricardo mayorga right but this is a striking coach and he would be like oh this guy's garbage he's no good he would like like man, the guy was a world champion. You can't say he's garbage, right? Yeah. Like, there's me- dude. You you've had many athletes that he would destroy. Yeah. Maybe it's unorthodox. Maybe his style is unique. But you know, he adapted to what his strengths are. You know, like he had like crazy power and and kind of like an awkward punching style. But 
dude, he he was a world champion. You, you know, you can't <laughs> you can't you, take that away. Way. Right. There's not one way. You yeah, it. it's uh, yeah, and you and you can't force athletes to to be your way. You know, because you're 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 making them less of a fighter if if you do that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you this: When uh, is there? Have you noticed? Because uh, everybody is always so ultra focused at the the progression to the championship, right? What did they do here? When did they they moved to this gym and they got this coach and then they changed mm. this and what about after they're champions and and maintaining that belt and then coming off and then pulling back up because I know you you've seen a bunch of that as well too where they've at this pinnacle of their performance capability and. They come back down and come back up. What what's that like to to coach and to be around? No, I mean that's, I mean to be a world champions, uh, you know, incredible, incredibly tough and and incredibly unlikely. You know, with so many people striving for the same goal, every right. everybody's doing their push ups, everybody's eating their vitamins, everybody's doing all this. You know, everybody's striving for the same goal. Right. Some have different advantages than others. Um, but keeping the world titles even harder, right? Yeah. Once once you get to the top, now now everyone in the game is is focused on your on you and your style, yeah. right? All eyes are on you. Everyone is breaking down your videos. Everyone is like every high level coach, every low level coach, every 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 kid that's into the sport. You know, it's everybody's dissecting your game and, and some trying to learn it, some trying to to beat it. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It's really hard to stay up there. Um, the ones that that hold it for like a long time, for you know, the like the real greats, like mm-hmm. the GSPs, the yeah. John Jones, the Anderson Silvas. I mean, they have to have like, they all have to be the the complete package. You know, you can't have it. Those are the you, outliers. You can't Those you are, can't yeah. be missing any of the the checked boxes. You know, yeah, you right. Have the good endurance, the good speed the mental toughness, the, yeah. you know, you have to have it all, you know, because what, you know, what I always find fascinating is, you know, and, and with those championships, there's this, all this other stuff comes on board. Right. And now as you know, now it's, you're a personality. Now you're dealing with the business at another level. Now you're dealing with, you know, you're in the public eye more, you, you know, it changes this whole, um, component of, 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 of the drive, right? You get it. You made it. Now all of a sudden I have to, I'm got to be the champion and to be a champion is not, not easy. Yeah. That's a newer thing that like, I didn't even realize was much of a thing. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't have been good at it, but I didn't even realize, you know, oh, my, that's awesome. my mind was always like, Hey, I'm the fighter. You're the promoter. Yeah. You promote the fight. I'll do the fighting. Yeah. yeah. It's my job's not to promote. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was, I don't think I'd ever been good at it, but I probably should have at least tried more to, to be, promote myself better. Like, but, well, it's funny know, watching your old fights, even when you like win a huge fight, like you give like one and then you're yeah. right back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's different. You got to be yeah. true, true to yourself. Yeah. But sure. like, I mean, Conor McGregor kind of changed the game, you know, he, he really showed that you know, your, your earning power and your opportunities are 100% tied to your entertainment capability. Yeah. yeah, Your ability to entertain the people and build a fight, you know, and it's, 
he's done a lot for the sport and it's, it's been, well, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to watch how other people begin to try and mimic it in their own way with Colby and everybody yeah. else. And, and you say to yourself, all right, yeah, great. It's an, it's an, it's entertainment too. There's a, it's a business that way. And it's about getting tickets and selling tickets and getting the opportunities through Dana and, you know, and getting picked for the right fights in the right time. And now because there's a fight every weekend, mm-hmm. It, it, finding those real gems that they're going to pour more money to drive more purses and all that other thing, man, it, it, it's almost like the business aspect becomes a more significant role in jockeying for opponents, right? Oh, well, for sure. Um, I mean, and, and it changes many people, changes many fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it doesn't change them all. You know, not everybody does. Yeah. You know? Like D- Dustin Poirier said something interesting, which made a lot of sense to me. You know, he's... He's like a guy who says, you know, I want to stay true to myself. Yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe I, I could get there a little faster, but I don't mind. I'll, I'll fight the couple extra fights that it'll take me to get where I want to go. Well, his and be last true to, fight, and true to myself. The whole lead up to that. Yeah. I mean, what a difference from. I can never pronounce his last his name. Poirier's. No, no, not Poirier, but uh, the uh, the guy. Megameta. Yeah, Megameta. You know, it. You know, just there's he is approach on how he interviews and what he says. And he's always, he's kind of this quiet guy yeah. and, and it's, it's 180 from some of the other fighters you've worked with and many of the other fighters that are out there, but it seems to fit him. And it really, you know, staying true to yourself in that context is, is it, it seems to have like a longer lasting effect on fighters. It's better for them emotionally in the long term. Have you, would you say that? Yeah, I think you got to be you, man. You yeah. Know, like, I think it's, uh, just so much easier to live your life being you right right. trying to be somebody else is, is to entertain people yeah. i mean that's i mean i, I would have to assume it's got to be stressful the, well i'll tell you what you know when i was on the tnq podcast man i i developed my own persona right instructor rut and i was the loud and obnoxious yeah. guy and i remember you know f- f- like like eight nine months into it i i was like all right what what's going on online i went back and read a review online on, on itunes of our show and a guy had written he gave it one star and he said i would love the show but every time rod opens his mouth it sounds like there's uh you know someone like scratching my brain get him to shut up and it'll be a great story. Right. And, mm. and so I, I read this and you, you, you're, you know, you force this introspection on yourself. Oh man, have I become a caricature of myself? And, and it's really hard in the fight game, it seems because there's so much of that built in. Right. Yeah. It like, and they're almost, it almost looks like <clears throat> the business people at the top, whether whatever fight it is are, are almost looking for those if they kids that have big the time. have the talent big time. Big who can time. also be entertainers oh, for sure. right for sure yeah. so it's like are you having to coach that at all do you find yourself saying <laughs> i'm the wrong guy to ask i'm the last guy you want to ask yeah yeah You're, so who teaches who teaches no, how, but, to, dude, how to do that at att dude, right? there's uh <laughs> i don't even want to go into that <laughs> That that's not good business. No, you know? it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. just kidding. Can... I, yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. Let's back up. You know, growing up in Maine, um, in where, you know, you're always kind of portrayed as the cerebral <clears throat> fighter, or like you said, the OCD fighter, or however yeah. you want. You've always been kind of portrayed in that light. That, um, y- you know, 
you take the gifts that you've been given and you maximize them with intense focus and in in an understanding, right? You always talk about, listen, I'm obsessed with the sport itself. I want to learn everything I can. When did that start in you? Yeah, that I was lucky that I got into it really early. You know, like I think, you know, I caught a, a somebody gave me a copy of UFC two, mm-hmm. uh, whatever year it was 1994 probably yeah and was like blown away this it changed my life you know watching this video was like it was that moment it was one of those moments a pivotal moment for you wow hoist Hoist gracie submitting everybody yeah this little guy you're like whoa this is i didn't know this was possible i mean you always fat you know you're always curious and wondering like who would win in a fight this guy that guy and then what hoist gracie was doing at this time was like mind-blowing i mean it changed my life and i'm like i want to this, I want to learn this. I want to study this. I want, this is pure combat, the purest of all hand to him combat in the world. And you know? how long have you been wrestling and by at that point? I mean, just through high school. I just graduated high school. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I probably had just, I graduated high school in 93. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of doing nothing with my life. Uh, I had some, you know, apartments with my friends kind of partying, drinking beers, yeah. and not doing a whole lot with myself. And this was like, not nothing was calling me. I had no passion. Yeah, no passion. Nothing at all. You not nah. anything. Drinking beer, smoking weed. Yeah, that out was with my it. buddies. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Um, I do know. Not doing much. Yeah, you know, and this was like, whoa! This is this is unbelievable. That's cool. And this made me. But this was open weight class. You mm-hmm. could make a career out of it. This was, you know, only heavyweights are fighting. It was a free for the winner of. Uh, uh, 16 man tournament won $50,000, you know, of heavyweight. So it's like making money is impossible, but still I was like, Whoa, I want to learn this. Interesting. Yeah. Had you ever had anything like that happen before in your life? Hmm. I mean, not, no, nothing quite like that. Wow. And then made me want to wrestle again, made me want to like take care of my body, start getting in shape, stop drinking, you know, like all, all this type of thing. And I, hyper fanatical about my diet and then i what'd your buddies say to you i mean a lot of them were i mean they all thought it was cool too but i was just a little more obsessive <laughs> compulsive than they were you know how, like they how, had, where'd that come from was your dad obsessive mom know, anybody maybe, family members or a coach did a coach teach you how to be obsessive uh, or is that just who you are maybe that's just maybe that's just me maybe it runs in the family i'm not sure yeah. but um but I learned a ton from my high school coach. My right. high school coach. What was his name? Ted Reese. I mean, amazing man, amazing human being. Many, many, many people like look up to this guy. He was like a, he's a PhD from, from Harvard from in English. He taught English as well. Wow. But he was a really bright guy and one of the most like caring, moral, politically correct humans I ever met in my life. And wow. most hard work just a great example of a human being yeah you know, that and as a young kid in those years it's it's like really moving to see oh you're like so this, impressionable you know? yeah, right so much, you know? you're it's like once you found some kind of meaning mm. and that was the same for me i always found meaning in sport right yeah and i was obsessive too i'd watch everything i could watch about football every college game every football you know every mm-hmm. every and I, i'd read every book about quarterbacks and, and you'd have these one or two coaches that yeah. would influence you and they would open up your entire world, right? Yeah. And you'd gain this perspective on sport yeah. that just was transformational. 
but it is it is it is um what's the word i'm looking for it is uh it's fragile and it can go away rapidly right yeah so it's really cool to hear that there is for you i mean i don't know how many hundreds thousands of kids now now men that feel the same about about this guy you know like yeah really inspirational person um but he taught me uh, i mean and, and at this time he also learned right away that there's a direct correlation hard work and success in, right. in the sport of wrestling absolutely you know it's yeah. like oh i it, the harder you work the more success you'll have mm-hmm. without a doubt right and and you didn't really know that for sure i mean you were told that but now you're seeing it and feeling it for mm-hmm. the first time you know that first time where your you, you know your technique overrides yeah, the strength you're, you're, or yeah, you I know mean, or because you've been sm- so much time in endurance you're not winded and you're yeah. like and it's like this light bulb goes off for you right and it, i mean and it, t- to be tired and fatigued is like the worst feeling ever it feels like you're yeah, dying you know yeah. you feel like you're going to vomit and throw up and then you have somebody like beating the hell out of you you know <laughs> clubbing you in the head bending your arm behind your back you know you feel like you're going to die yeah but uh, so I mean, there's a, there's a lot of lessons in in, in this. But uh, so after the I, I watched this UFC, and I think the first one we watched live on the pay per view was number four UFC four. Mm-hmm. So already I'm looking locally, like where what can I do? But I mean, I'm in the I'm in Maine. There's there's not a lot of training at the time, I mean, really none. It's like. I go to like a local karate dojo that has a jujitsu class once a week. Once a week, which, which right? A, which a guy who went to a seminar once. <laughs> no, literally. This really? Is what this yeah. is what it was? This literally. Was a story? And it was like, oh my God. Oh yeah, I went to a Gracie seminar and we learned these two moves. And, and then, they, you know, like it, nobody knows anything. But you're trying the moves. Oh, this is really cool. And everything was like, you know, blowing your mind. Yeah. Every little technique. Yeah. I mean, you had a a million holes, but you had, at least you had a couple of weapons now, Yeah, you know, and you were like kind of working the stuff. And, and then I ended up, um, I wanted to go back to school because I wanted to like get in shape and I wanted to better myself because I don't know, it just put me on the everything. Right path. Yeah. Everything clicked for yeah, you. Yeah. I wanted you to found like, your meaning. I wanted to study. Uh, I was, I wanted to study the human body so I could make myself in better shape so I could yeah. be a better, like, uh, killing machine you yeah. know was, my, my brain was going like in this crazy direction yeah, yeah. and uh yeah so i went to college wanted to wrestle again to improve my wrestling right um i went to a small d3 school norwich mm-hmm. university in vermont um didn't didn't wrestle a whole lot wrestled like 20 college matches or so but i had like a, a neck surgery after my freshman year that really right. bothered me for a few years but uh i was in I was all in. I was like engrossed in it. You yeah. Know? And then finally, when I had my, uh, I, right when I graduated, I had my first fight. Um, it was like me and my college roommate, Gunnar, uh, Gunnar Olson, mm-hmm. started on a forum. And it was like they were looking for local fighters. Yeah. But now at this time, now they're starting to get lighter weights because in the beginning it was all heavyweights. Yeah. Right. Then it was like over and under two hundred. Yeah. Then they added 170. And and as it went on, it kept getting lighter, you know, like yeah. as the years passed, they started getting smaller guys involved. Right. You know, so um then I had my first fight in 01. I mean, just to say I did it. You know, it was more just as a test. You That's know? what it was. It wasn't yeah. like any career yet. No, it wasn't no any money. job. There was, there was no nothing. Money. There it was, was no just money I have to get in that ring. Do you remember that fight yeah, vividly? I mean, it, it's like almost like a out of body experience, you know. It Whoa. was really intense, really interesting, you know. Um but I just had so much uh, respect and admiration for 
for these guys that were doing it that I had to do it, you know, just to say I did it. Yeah. Know, just to, and then once I did one, I'm like, oh, well, I get to do five. If I had five, I always thought like if I had five fights, that would be like a veteran, you know, like in my mind, you know, if you had five fights, you were like a fighter. You're, you're a real fighter. It was five after, fights. Yeah. That, yeah. That was yeah. my mark. If one had, is like, you're just, you just further, did, yeah, 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 yeah. Five, yeah. five now you're like yeah. a vet. You yeah. can really talk like yeah. a real fighting veteran. Dude, we say the same thing kind in our world, right? Yeah. It's deployments. Similar. Oh, it's the same thing. One, one is, deployment, oh, you, you're, you're one platoon wonder. Two deployments, okay. Oh, you, this guy's a real. He might. He might know something. Three, all right, he knows some shit. Five, that dude's a vet. That guy's a no, war fighter. He knows what he's doing. That's yeah, a yeah, war yeah. fighter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so same. To me, like this, yeah. it was like uh, five was the, the mark, you know? Yeah. But then when I hit five, then it's like the guys in my gym, a couple of them making it to the UFC. And it's like, hey, you're close to the UFC. I think we can get you in the UFC. And now the ne you know, next goal turns into like, hey, well, shit, I got to go to the UFC. Now, yeah, if I'm in the UFC, that's like as big as it gets. That's it's it. Like you know, that's the pinnacle, right? So you know, that was the goal, and then then you make it to the UFC. Then it's you know, top ten in the world. Okay, then you're top ten. Oh, no, shit, no, let's see how far we can go. And it was just that easy one, for yeah, you. Small goals, one at a time. You, you, bang, bang, bang. There's a there's a really brilliant guy out there that we interviewed on TNQ. His name is Pat McNamara. He's a former Delta operator who's probably the greatest in the top five best shooting instructors in the world, right? Guy's phenomenal. And he talks about greatness comes from the mastery of those, those basics, right? But then the incremental shifts, the little dialing in that takes over long periods of time, right? Yeah. And being patient for that. What I find remarkable to in your, your story is though you never allowed the perception of the long game to be the main thing, right? It was always these little incremental jumps. When did it finally hit you, in, at least in your fight career, where you're like, my God, my purpose is to win a world championship. That's, that is where I'm at. Was it, was it an aha or was it just the next step? It's crazy. It was just the next step. It was really? never like a, I was, it was never, you know, that I don't know how far in advance that I thought like, oh, I'm going to, I want to win a world title. Yeah. But it was, uh, cause I'm sure you see was, every day, all day, dude, at, everybody at, at like, ATT. I want to be a world champion. I want to be world wanna, champion. And then they haven't had like a, a fight. fight, you know, it's like, <laughs> they haven't had five I never fights. thought, I never thought that way, you know, ever so I'm like, wow. I mean, but you do read it's, I guess it's good to have long and short term goals, right. you know? So this, this is a good tool to have, I guess. But I think more importantly is the short term. For sure. We're never going to get there, you know, without the short term. You For know? sure. Like, and that's where you let's, see yeah, let's all start. great athletes yeah. fall on their face because they can't do the back and forth, yeah, right? Let's, let's get one yeah. goal and get that one first, yeah, you know? For and sure. That, we'll add to it each time we, we succeed. Well, let me ask you this. So as you're, <laughs> you're incrementally making these continue. In, in Frog Logic, one of the key factors that I always talk about is, is – this pathways toward discovering purpose, right? That everybody has these crazy routes to where they get to where all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I love what I do for a living. This is my purpose in life. Right. If yeah. you're lucky, yeah. many, many people yeah. don't ever get there because they don't start do the search correctly, I think. But so all of a sudden you're here, you're world champion. You, you know, you have an injury that your leg injury, you keep going a little bit. When was, when was it time for you to say, all right, 
I think I'm good with what I've done. Now I want to do the next thing. And what was that like, that transition? Because transitions are hard. Yeah, I was lucky there because I had something to go to. It's really tough if you don't have what's next. I think most important is you have something that you want to do yeah. after fighting, right? If you're just going to quit fighting and you have nothing, that's going to be really difficult. But luckily, like I was, even before I stopped fighting, I was already coaching and fighting at the same time for a little bit, you know? Like right. I, I had a neck, another neck surgery in 2012. Yeah. And I started coaching while I was rehabbing, had one more fight, and then I lost. I got knocked out pretty quick in a fight uh, to a guy who I thought I was much better than. And like, um, I knew it was time to. Step. At that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I felt like my chin was getting weaker. Okay. You know, I feel. And that's a real thing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I felt. I mean, I used to spar hard a lot. My, my whole career. This was uh, before all the like the CTE information was out yeah. there. So we, we, we would go hard all the time. I, I, and I would spar hard every session. Every yeah. time I sparred, because I'm not, I wasn't super technical on my feet and I'm not real fast. So I did much better if I went hard. Yeah. You know, so, and I wanted to, and I wanted to win. I was competitive. So I'd always go hard every session. Right. So every, every session's a war, you know, but I was, I would never get in like, I was never knocked down. But then at the end of my career in the last like year and a half or so, I started getting knocked down in practice, you know, oh, wow. now I'm like getting wobbled and, you know, which had never happened. And, and now I should be the best fighter I've ever been. Right. You know, I'm better than all these other years. And yeah. now I'm like starting to get hurt. Um, and then in a, in a, in a fight, it was, you know, first minute wasn't even a huge shot. Okay. Shot, but not nothing huge. And I went, I went down and I got hit again and my body went limp, you know, and then I wake up and like, what's going on? I'm ready to go. No, no, no you're done. You know? And I'm like, Ah, my body's gonna do this to me, you know. Like, I, I shouldn't be in there. Yeah, you know, like my. And you had the, you were good enough with your ego, to be like, yeah, this is a smart decision. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go out like that. I don't want to, you know, lose five in a row yeah. or something crazy, uh, where I'm just not, my body's not holding up anymore. Yeah, you know? so your body's telling you we've had enough. And and what's crazy to me is is people that do this, you know. When, because it would seem to me that it, once you get to a certain level, you you can feel if if you're behind, right? If someone's just they're that much faster, you're yeah. you're dying quicker. Your body, you're hitting yeah. that age change, right? right. Well, where your uh, your metabolism isn't working if at the highest level, cerebrally, your synapses aren't aren't firing at the same level, right? And, but guys continue going on and they mm -hmm. potentially really hurt themselves, yeah. right? I was like thir two weeks before my like 38th birthday. Yeah. You know, I had my last fight and I was going to fight again after that. You know, I was, I think I might've scheduled another fight and then like my neck was bothering me again. I had like two neck surgeries. Yeah. So, you know, when I was training hard, my, my arm was going numb a lot. Wow. It was just really hard. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Uh, it's, I've got it. I've squeezed all the juice I can get out of this, you know, orange. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I think we're done with getting the juice out of it. Um, and that was the thing with that, that last fight. It, it wasn't, and he's a good fighter, very good fighter, uh, Steven Seiler, but it wasn't a huge shot that dropped me. You yeah. Know, it, it's something that, like, when I was younger, I think I would have been able to take. Right. Um, and then, like, he followed up pretty good, hit me a couple more times on my body, just went, like, limp, just for a second. 
but you know that's all that's all it takes yeah the, yeah that's the end of the fight they're that's gonna a wrap, stop it yeah because he can keep hitting you yeah you know? yeah. yeah and uh, sure. so the ref saves you you know um but i yeah i knew my body didn't want to do it anymore yeah you know all right before we pivot here just uh because i have these wonderful sponsors let me just take a quick break and and and, and talk about them um i tell you what one of the greatest aspects about when you think about performance or what are the little things you can do as you get older, as your body starts breaking down, as you start losing that competitive edge. And, and although I'm not competing in any, uh, elite sport or I'm not going down range anymore, competing with the enemy, what I am competing with is myself in order to keep up the crazy schedule of, uh, 50 events a year and hosting, uh, uh, all different types of, um, uh, uh, charity events as well as performance coaching and then four daughters. So, you know, for me, the biggest thing that I always worry about from my past experience in the military and blast injuries, as well as, uh, you know, uh, uh, contact sports my whole life with lacrosse and football is, is, is how my brain is functioning. Because as you already know, uh, I earn my living speaking. I earn my living thinking. I earn my living doing research and evaluating and helping people with performance. So you know, what a godsend it was for me to discover uh, on it in Aubrey uh, and these incredible products that they're making uh, in specifically alpha brain. Uh, and every morning I wake up, I drink my glass of water. I, I, I pop an alpha brain for the day. And it just helps me keep that uh, additional clarity and focus throughout the day, uh, especially when I go from city to city or I'm around the clock or I'm like just uh, the other day I got back. I, I did a, a five hour seminar in Oklahoma. I went to the airport. I took a flight all the way back to Fort Lauderdale. I got back in. I was in bed by midnight. I was up the next morning and I was speaking to the Bates uh, swim team for three hours. So making sure that I can continue that process and continue doing it as well as, as really stay focused in, in developing new products in, in my own world and what I do at Frog Logic. Uh, Alpha Brain has been this wonderful thing for me and I'm so thankful for on it and producing this as their, their cornerstone product. So please do yourself a favor. If you want that little uh, extra fire in your synapses, that little uh, extra ability to stay focused and remain uh, um, engaged in, in a way that's beneficial for you and your performance, then go check out AlphaBrain at onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T uh, com and check out AlphaBrain. Uh, and then another really great product that I love using is uh, the Total gut, gut Health. I've had stomach issues ever since I was in the military and getting out and have struggled for long periods of time. Uh, and so in order for me to really just make sure my uh, gut health is in tune and in line, uh, Total Gut Health by Onnit uh, for healthy gut flora is really uh, been another pivotal aspect which enhances my ability to perform in what I do for a living. So again, go over to onnit.com, tell them FrogLogic sent you, and uh, enjoy the products. All right, my, my second sponsor that I really am just so proud and honored to have is, is Wise Company. Man, um, the ultimate in food preparation, uh, preparedness, uh, freeze-dry food that lasts up to 25 years. Uh, that really tastes great. I'm here to tell you, and I've tried every type of <laughs> freeze-dried food you can think of from 
MREs to the competitors in the field for camping meals and you name it. Uh, uh, I've, I've eaten it before. Uh, and I got to tell you, Wise Company is the best. Uh, I'm privileged to have been working with this company for the past year plus. Uh, they really provide uh, top-notch products, whether your camping meals or your uh, long-term uh, food buckets that you can have for easy storage or your three-day package. They have incredible uh, uh, camping packages, these uh, weekend packages that you can find out there. Uh, you can also uh, find products for go bags that they sell that you can stick in your car if you're in an emergency situation. Uh, for me, um, preparedness is a big deal, uh, not only because I was a Navy SEAL and worked for the CIA, but also because uh, I have uh, four daughters and a fiancé, uh, and, I, and I, they depend on me. They depend that if something catastrophic were to happen, i.e. hurricane, almost like what we had before, we actually evacuated uh, when Hurricane Dorian came through, to make sure that I've thought through everything, that I'm in the right state of mind, that I've prepared well enough, and that they can have the confidence that they're not going to starve uh, and we're going to be okay if catastrophe strikes. So do yourself a favor. Not only be prepared yourself, but prepare your family for the worst possible circumstances. Get over there to wisefoodstorage.com. That's wisefoodstorage.com. And go through all their products. And Here's the cool thing. They have a 90-day money-back guarantee on all products, all everything. If you buy it, you, you use it, you taste it, you don't like it, ship it back, you'll get your money back. Um, you know, and, and really, you're, you're going to be uh, impressed not only by packaging, by the taste, by the efficiency, how to storage ability, um, by the, the shelf life, 25 years. I mean, this is really a company that is coming on strong and really have their focus on being the number one company in the industry. Uh, and I recommend them. I, I have all their products uh, here at, at the headquarters. I use their products in camping um, and because I have uh, a real peace of mind knowing that no matter what goes down, whether we're just out on a family hike or we're facing a major catastrophe, right? The zombie apocalypse is coming that uh, myself and my family are prepared uh, to have the proper nutrients and the nourishment that we need in those circumstances. So head over to wisefoodstorage.com, use the promo code FROGLOGIC, and you will get 25% off everything they have in stock. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's phenomenal. Uh, it's the place to go. Uh, it'll just give you the peace of mind. Okay, last things I want to just talk about is uh, our FROGLOGIC products. Uh, to head over to froglogic.com. We've got great new FlexFit hats with the embroidered logo on it. Uh, we've got sweatshirts. We've got old school Embrace Fear t-shirts. We've got my Forging Self-Confidence book. We've got self-confidence t-shirts. We've got stuff for kids, stickers, uh, all kinds of things. And the thing I'm most proud about now is uh, the second edition in our Doc Frog series. Uh, we've got the original, which was Doc Frog's physical training manual for kids, 12 uh, exercises that your child, that you and your child can learn together while learning a motivational mindset that works. Uh, that's Doc Frog, this brilliant uh, Navy SEAL anthropomorphic uh, superhero character I created in order to disseminate the information for your kid, 8 to 12 or 8 to 15, if you want to stretch it. Um, and then also our latest one and the one I'm most proud about, 
Doc Frog's Anti-Bully Manual. And in this, he's got his new group, the Anti-Bully Brigade, uh, with his uh, great teammates, Wiley Wolf, a former Green Beret and Special Ops guy, uh, uh, Semper Fido, a Marine Reconnaissance Bulldog, uh, and then Hannah Hawk, who is an Air Force Special Operations and former case officer for the CIA. They've come together, and uh, what we've done is we've created an incredible opportunity for kids that are getting bullied uh, for a solution, a solution that works for them. You know, it's a shame that about 160,000 kids every single day stay home from school. They don't go uh, because of bullying. Uh, they're being bullied online. They're being bullied on social media. Uh, it's really a, a profound epidemic. And another uh, insane statistic is that probably only 30 to 40% of all bullying ever goes reported. So think about that. 60% of bullying doesn't even go reported. Well, this manual was designed for those kids, those kids that are suffering, that are in this horrific situation, uh, because what Doc and the gang do and the Anti-Bully Brigade does is they teach you a sophisticated, well-thought-out way to compile a team and using modern, current technology uh, to stop the bully and to capture real hardcore evidence that you can produce not only for your parents, for the bully's parents, for your school teachers and administrators, uh, to superintendents, to uh, and God forbid, uh, to local law enforcement if it's bad enough. Uh, this is a book that definitely can help kids. So check it out at our website at teamfroglogic.com. Go to the store where you can find all types of our products out there. Uh, and also, if you or your company is looking for uh, a motivational speaker, you're looking to talk about performance to enhance your individual or your team orientation, to elevate your game by being able to embrace fear, forge self-confidence, live a team life, uh, or to find purpose or develop great culture, then I'd love to come work with you and your organization, uh, um, your team. I work a ton with teams, as you know or don't know. Uh, I'm, uh, 2018, I worked with the Collegiate World Series champions, Oregon State Beavers, as well as the World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. This year, I I got an opportunity to work with the Penn State Nittany Line men's lacrosse team that went to the semifinals and uh, got to work with the um, Green Bay Packers who made the playoffs and moving forward. So uh, please, if you're interested in some really entertaining, high energy, high impact type of motivational training, coaching, or just a, a hoo speech, uh, check us out on our website at teamfroglogic.com. Just find the contact portion, send us an email, and uh, we'll be in touch ASAP. So thank you so much. Thank you for letting me take that uh, interruption real quick. Uh, you can't uh, say too much about the people who uh, believe in you and, and want to help and support you. So thank you again on it and, and Wise Company. I really appreciate it. All right. So what's fascinating to me is when you get great player or great athletes, right? And And I always, when I think about what you did is, you were a world champion. You were really good at what you did, but you realize, man, I'm not going to be that guy that goes on forever and can keep this going and right, whatever. And so you're like, man, I'm going to change this. And the person that I think a lot about is is Tony Larusa, right? Tony Larusa, one of the greatest baseball managers in the history of baseball. Oakland A's, St. Louis. You know, Dodgers, uh, uh, I don't oh, no, know if now that no, was, no, no, that's, uh, who's that guy? that's, uh, um, the other Italian, Tony, uh, Tony, what was um, his name? God, I'm drawing a blank right now. It, it was, um, 
watch John is going to show it in my memory. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. So, you know, he played minor league ball, right? Yeah. And and hit a point where he's like, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not going to make the pros or the majors yeah. and all that. So he went and got his law degree uh, and then at Florida State. And then afterwards, he got an opportunity to, to manage in AAA. And he comes back and he's like, yeah, I enjoy this. This is fulfilling to see in how to guide and nurture these athletes. And really, when you look at the progression of his career and what he was able to do, I mean, he's in the top three managers in history, but he says things that are very similar to how you say, right? He says, I take the individual and I look at what their skill sets are and I really set them up for success the best way possible. When you first started coaching, were you trying to emulate someone you had worked with your high school coach or other great coaches you had worked with or were you like i know what i used to like in great coaches and i'm just going to kind of develop my own style of coaching um yeah i i guess i kind of try to create my own style and you i always feel like your your game is uh your style your game is like a mosaic of of all yeah. training partners and coaches you've had in the past. You know, you take every little bit of technique, philosophy, drills from all these different places, you know, and, and make it your, your that's, own. That's you, yeah. you know, your, your creation of all these other people. Right. Really. The experience, the accumulation right. of yeah. your experience. And, and a little piece of ideas that you like from everybody. Like, oh, I like this idea that this guy had. I like this idea from this coach or this fighter. Like I've learned so many, so many ideas and techniques from fighters as well you know like who, not just coaches who are some great coaches in your mind that are have been in the game that you've come across or guys that are in there now that you really have a, a good admiration for how they do it i mean there's many at our our gym it's uh uh Cattell kubis great kickboxing coach at our gym uh howard davis jr was one of the my boxing coach when i first got at at att um uh, Steve Mako, amazing yeah, wrestling unbelievable, coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like his whole personality. I like his demeanor. And, yeah. I mean, you, like for me, it's I real. He's he's seen so many. He's a great example of he's seen so many great coaches. He's been involved. Like he's been like on every national team since he was a little kid, right? <laughs> yeah. With, with all these great, from like Dan Gable to like, yeah. to John Smith, to, to Kevin Jackson. To, yeah. I mean, he's seen every great coach. So he, he knows exactly what a, a good coach looks like. Right. You know? And uh, he, he's great. I think, cause not only he's an amazing athlete, he's seen so much, yeah. you know, way more than I have seen, you know, because he's been at a, such a high level at an early age. Yeah. His whole career. You right. Know? You know, I wrestled at a, a few years at a D3 college. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, you're not seeing the same caliber of For sure. athletes and yeah. stuff, you know. But um, it, but what I love about that is though, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of, it, when you think about performance, we, I think one of the hard parts with athletes, in particular younger athletes, is they get caught up into um, this, uh, 
this uh, pathway. This is the only pathway to become a world champion. You have to go to this school and this coach and this style, and this is the mm-hmm. only way. That's why I love when you say there are so many pathways to becoming a champion. And you're proof Big time. in every way yeah. about that, not only as your own championship as a fighter, but now as a coach. I mean, yeah. it's pretty remarkable. I mean, and, and we talked about genetics earlier. You got to like... Dude, every body type has a different path. Yeah. You know, some are tall and skinny. Some are, are short and fast. You know, some some are uh, just crazy strong. Some have freak endurance, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? There's a different style. you got to adapt that style, uh, your, your game to that style, and, and you can make it work. You know, we've seen it. That's cool. Let's let's take a little pivot and get into because I know you're one of the most successful female coaches that are out there too, and you've had just incredible success with these <clears throat> fighters, really dominating their class for long periods of time. What do you know? And and I think one of the things as as MMA in the fight world is probably this machismo place, right? What makes women? great fight what, what makes great women fighters the same things are they different or, or is it still based rooted in the individual man i think it's pretty it's it's uh, there's a lot of individual ability i think that that makes them stand out but a giant advantage for women is is starting younger right mm-hmm. if you are lucky enough to had started a combat sport when you were younger especially at a high level giant advantage right because right you know there's not as many female athletes doing that right mm-hmm. like where so many guys are wrestling or playing or kickboxing yeah playing karate whatever yeah or, i don't know if you play karate yeah yeah doing no. karate whatever yeah you yeah um <laughs> right but there's not a lot of in-depth knowledge for the females not as many right so right. if you were doing you know training judo or something since a, since age five you're at a pretty big advantage when you're tra- when you're fighting girls who started training mma five years ago have and you've you, been doing it for 20 years have now. you seen that that i follow this young girl her name's jody the beast mccarthy or something she's this muay thai girl she's like 12 years old she She's, I think she lives in Ireland or something. And she says, I got to show you this girl. She's spectacular. But she, she, I mean, she's in these jujitsu competitions. She's boxing. She's Muay Thai. And you're, you think to yourself, and she's just slaying little kids, little dudes, yeah. you know, out yeah. there. And, and you see to yourself, you go, wow, this is impressive. But you're also going, man, is this healthy for this? No, this, maybe not. This, yeah, this, who knows? This little girl and doing this much you know, head trauma or head contact yeah, at that early. And I always worry about that, right? Because as a, as a, you know, junior foot, like I started playing contact football. My first year was seven, right? It was first contact team. I had probably six concussions in, you know, up through my fifth year of high school. I did a postgraduate in Connecticut at a place, probably six concussions in football. And I, you know, that article came out two years ago. The research up in at Boston College about junior kids and and concussions under like sixteen, yeah. and the long term effects. And I almost like I started yeah, shaking no, in yeah, my well, pants. No so yeah, yeah. I I look at combatives and I hear, man, how do we temper that with yeah. these kids? Yeah, I don't think you can be getting hit in the head as a kid, right? No, you can learn that. I mean, it's bad for you, right? It's really yeah, bad. Fighting it's is bad really for bad. You. I mean, I think that. 
the trend in training is is going away from away from hard the hard sparring like it's people are doing less and less all the time okay you know lighter. even adults really yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean i mean we are i don't know how, how everyone else in the world is doing yeah it. but what i'm seeing is is a the trend is is lighter spot you don't need to uh go in there and fight every day you know there, it is a way to success you right. get better that way yeah, yeah. but there's there's a there's certain a, limitations no, there yeah. for sure there's a payment for it you know there's a price to be paid for i remember when we first started working together with andre and i remember it was the big thing was a, a shift in his mentality and fighting right and, mm -hmm. and it was also shift in training as well too it, why is there such an uh i don't want to call it antiquated and i don't whenever time i use that word i i always i'm a little nervous people mm -hmm. are going to get offended by that but there's a heritage of fighting, right? That's built in. Mm -hmm. You have to do this and yeah. do this. And are you seeing that because of the head injury stuff or because of the new data that's affiliated or whatever ask new things are popping up into sports? Uh, you know, um, are you seeing a shift away from an older style mentality? Yeah. I mean, I think that it is partly the, the data shows that, Hey, this is really bad for you and really dangerous. And I think people have, we've, they've been some successful athletes that have done it other ways. You know, once you've seen some people that aren't killing each other every day, making it to a high level, that, it, that there are ways to get better without like, you know, hitting each other as hard as you possibly can in the head yeah. three times a week, <laughs> yeah. you know, or something like this. Like, Getting kicked. Sometimes yeah. you have to, sometimes you, you, you have to put the race car on the track and, and do a test run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but especially as you uh, become more veteran and, and have the ability to stay relaxed under fire, then you can do a lot more technical training and not get hit so hard and, and can do it at a different speeds and make adjustments in the fight. But when you're younger, I mean, there's sometimes when you got to just, you know, learn to relax under fire, right? Yeah. The, the, it's a different speed in there under the lights and with somebody really trying to hurt you, throwing as hard as they can, you know, the punches that are coming, are coming at a different speed when they miss where they're going to go, when they fully commit to you completely different than if they're not going hard. Right. You know, so all, all these, all these things matter. But I think that, uh, yeah, people aren't as, aren't killing each other like they used to they're, You're going to have longer careers, much better brain health. And, uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's I, really good to hear. But I still don't think they should be getting hit in the head before, before <laughs> the brain is developed. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. Eight, like, nine, ten. You don't want to be, yeah, at I don't all. know when you should be, but it's definitely not then. At all. At yeah, all. Yeah. yeah. You, you talk about calmness under fire. And for me and all the, the, the mental coaching that I do, I, I, that's a big, big thing, right? Yeah. Is, is the ability when, when your limbic system begins to override that prefrontal cortex, right? The great line by Mike Tyson, right? Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the fucking yeah. face, right? Yeah, right. You yeah. know, that's, that's so true. Yeah. And, 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 and it's literal in, in yeah. your sport. When do you, what, is that a real, like, are you looking for that, uh, that calmness leading up to a fight in the fight? Is there a place <clears throat> in the fight you're hoping this happens? Is it, are there fighters that can put themselves in the right space before they even get into it? Or what is the, what is the secret behind that calmness? You think Dude, this is another one I, I believe is, 
this is part genetics to it. Really? I don't know. Maybe maybe genetics, maybe it's upbringing, whatever it is. But some people are just naturally very relaxed. Yeah. You know, not nervous at all, ice cold. And some people are, I mean, and it can be, I've seen terrible fighters that are so relaxed, you know? Yeah. And I've seen amazing fighters, world-class monsters that are, are like a complete mess. Really? You know, it's it's... It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's some like I've seen world class fighters that that go nowhere near their potential, you know, be- because of that they fall apart. You right, know? mentally so yeah. nervous. Yeah, you know, and they just can't keep it together when when somebody's you know trying to knock them out. That was what I always loved about you and the in the two fights that or three fights we were part of together. There's just you bring this great calmness always in, right and and it was so beneficial for Andre, I think, to have that calmness, you know, and and to see how relaxed you were, right? And 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 what's interesting is is you know, but there's also this component of fighting. You're going to get in a fight, yeah. so you need to get yeah. you need to get up a little bit, right? So, so, I mean, sometimes I question, you know, how relaxed do you want them? You know, sometimes <laughs> right. I second guess myself. Maybe we were too relaxed for that. Yeah, one, that one. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, but. I know I, I would try to be relaxed and, and I would want my coaches when I was fighting to kind of portray that. I, I would, I would rather have somebody trying to calm me down than like lifting you up, lifting right. me up because right? it, a natural, your brain yeah, is yeah. picked up, your process. I don't need to get fired up. I'm going yeah. to a fight, you know, like I'm, <laughs> my, my adrenaline has got me going, you know, like I'm going to go get yeah, punched. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to, this guy's going to try to put his chin on my face. You know, I'm ready to go. If anything, I need a little bit of down, you right. know, downstroke, but uh, but sometimes it, I wonder, like maybe that's not good in some circumstances, because you know there's been f- times where I'm like, damn, maybe you know maybe we were we got him too. Maybe sometimes that like healthy. Well, you should have always a healthy fear of your opponent for sure, right? You know? Yeah, it's, respect, it's, right? Yeah, healthy yeah. respect, and, yep. and you know. Uh, and also, you don't. Sometimes you don't even feel the punches out there. You can get hit. You don't even feel it. Right. So people don't even think they're getting hit. Next thing you know, you're asleep. You know. Yeah. So like, man, you you, you can be relaxed, but still don't get hit. You know? <laughs> there you, is that. Yeah. Because no, that happens. Like some people, you get so confident, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm King Kong. Nothing hurts me. And next thing you know, you're sleeping. Yeah. You know that happens. You get caught. You know. Yeah. I've had fights where I was like. Just oh, walk, thought I was walking through him. Thought he didn't even hit me, and I got hit a bunch of times. You know, like, yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's cool. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting how you know you're so ultra focused, right? And you're really trying to be tactical, right? There is yeah. there is a a yeah. level of tactics that Very is much. imperative in the fight game that's no. what blew the, me the away. more the better like the, right yeah the more tactical that's what you want that's why you want to be relaxed so you can be tactical if you're not relaxed you can't use all the years of training and technique that you've developed you know if you're running on crazy adrenaline you're just you know fighting on pure aggression you know that's not you'll never use you'll never fight your capability yeah is is it uh, one of the things that I that really another fascinating aspect was was in between rounds the information that you're trying to get into the fighter's mind, it, you know, it, it, you know from not only have done it a bunch yourself but doing how much information is transferring in those moments? 
I mean, I think that's again individuals. Yeah. You know, some listen to everything you say and are gonna try it immediately. Some you you, you know you might as well be talking to the trash can. You know, <laughs> like you, I could just you could just juggle and, you know and blow bubbles. You know, and it, it would be the exact same effect. You know. Oh, that's awesome. It's just, everybody's different. Yeah. You know? Every, every, you know, the more I coach, the more I realize, like, dude, everybody's different. It's so different, so aren't different, they? Right? So different. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's yeah. really where, for me, everything changed. And a big, you were a big part of that too. Like, was to realize, you know, hey, you know, you you really have to be in tune with the individual you're working with. You really have to understand them. You have to understand where their drivers are, or the reason behind their fighting why they want to fight and where they're fighting, how they fight. There's so many factors that you have to comprehend. But at the end of the day, right, it is about just performing. Yeah. And you got to get in there and be able to take all this input, right, yeah. for, and, 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 and formulate it into, like you said, some type of, of direction yeah. that's well thought out and then execute on it. Yeah. I remember I used to like, watch like old you know fight videos of like randy couture and i always yeah. found it interesting he was like he'd be like laughing in the in the corner like, like almost like he was telling jokes with his yeah i'm like wow that's a good mindset like he, he had the ability he was very loose very relaxed yeah. and he looked like he was genuinely like laughing you know having fun yeah yeah but, you know like he's in the cage ready to fight and i'm like that's good you know if you can get to that point yeah where it doesn't then that means you can pull from you know all all your knowledge yeah you know, you're, you're you're able to use your entire brain you're not closed off right, right? right. you're not that you're not your pulse rate's yeah, not yeah, out yeah, of control very yeah. relaxed you know? that's cool that's yeah. cool i always thought that i mean he was multiple time world champion so he was doing something yeah right. he was yeah, yeah. I, I find it interesting too that it, it's what's so frustrating right is that it takes a long time to get there regardless of whatever sport it is in order to become really great it yeah. takes a while, right? right? You have to go through the steps and the process. There is no fast track to mm. becoming a champion. Yeah. So as you as you work with younger fighters or or even senior fighters, what are the things? How do you try and instill that level of patience in them? That that level of opening their minds up and and really becoming students of their sport, students of their class. You know, how do you how do you inspire these? these fighters to to be better outside of the ring so to speak i mean i don't know about outside but inside i mean just try to like make it fun try try to i try to make it fresh try to bring new ideas uh, i mean the sport's always evolving always i mean like sometimes i think it's evolving faster now than even in the past it's it feels like it's always changing you know so keeping it fresh coming with new ideas new techniques um, new philosophies, but it's, uh, what's a good way to alter that? Your, your, uh, your, your, let's say you're, you're in a rut, right? You're, you're kind of plateaued, right? Yeah. And you're not sure what's a good way to, to, to kickstart, um, a new perspective. You think, uh, change gyms, go to a different, uh, a different, uh, um, um, sometimes yeah, new, co yeah, new, new coach, like, yeah. add a new coach to the team. Right. Um, add, add a new, you know, tr train at a different time. 
uh, just I'm, change it up, change it up all different ways, right? Like the, the body adapts. So it's good sometimes to keep the body guessing, you mm, know, interesting. Um, with the good, we're lucky at our gym that we, one, we have, I mean, it might be the most transient martial <laughs> art gym in the world. You had said that in a, that weird, in in a, a past weird, interview. Yeah. Dude, we get people from all over the planet and we're, I mean, it's, you know, one of the biggest and one of the best gyms in the world. So we get people from everywhere. Yeah. All over the world. So there's always new ideas, new philosophies, new new techniques, always being brought in there every day from every part of the earth. You know, and some people have different, you know, so you're seeing everything that's out there, you know, and it's uh, it's good for all of us. And I think that's part of what keeps it fresh. You know, yeah. we, we got, it's, it's, it's not like we're not seeing the same people for 10 years. Years right, straight. right, dude. We're seeing you know a new guy in the gym every every week. You know? Wow, and sometimes many of them. And, and yeah, that was the one thing that uh, another huge thing that really impressed me about you is that you're willing that you're in you're inquisitive. You were always yeah. at you're always asking people questions about. Mm. Well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? Is is why do you think people struggle with that kind of thing? Maybe um, maybe ego. Yeah, you know? I think that's. That's a, can be a problem, right? Uh, my buddy Bob says, uh, your ego is not your amigo, right? That's always a good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, right? <laughs> Two very true words. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, when, when sometimes we'll have, if, if someone's in town from, you know, for, if they're from visiting and they're taking my class or something, you know, I'm, I'm showing technique or something. So they're, they're getting something from it. So I like to always have them show something too. Yeah, like, hey, that's hey, you cool. Got a, you got a good uh, such and such choke. Are you mind showing that? That's cool. That way, you know, it's a share, you know, like yeah. you're getting some stuff. We get some stuff, you know, every exchange of knowledge, you know, and this, this sports evolving, you know, so I want to get better too. Well, that that's a great way to kind of wrap it up here is, is, as you look at the sport, and I'm, in one of the other interviews you were in, you said, you know, when I started, there was, you know, a fight every three months or whatever. Now it's every single weekend in multiple different places. Yeah. And you go to UFC Fight Pass, you can watch endless fights all around the clock. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Is it going to dilute the sport or is it just going to enhance its growth and its reach around the world in a positive way? I think it's positive. I mean, you can't watch them all, of course, right? There's too much to watch now. Yeah. But uh, are you still obsessive? Do you still watch I mean, everything? I mean, you can? I watch. Yeah, I mean, I watch every UFC. I yeah. watch. I mean, I can't watch every MMA show now. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what? It, what it's turned into now, like I can't really follow boxing anymore. Like I used to watch boxing, and and I used to watch like K1 Max. Mm -hmm. uh, but now there's so much MMA. I really don't have time to watch the other combat sports. You know? Interesting. I mean, it has to be like a really big. Yeah, combat, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's talking about it, I will. Right, like that one heavyweight dude. Like who's, yeah, oh, like God. Deontay Wilder. Yeah, something like yeah. This. Another guy who's really unorthodox. Right, right, right. But hits harder than anybody on the planet. <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. Right. It's it, but it's really fun to watch. Yeah, fun it to is. watch a unique style. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I think more is 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 not bad. You know, I think that just means there's more people doing it, and it gives. Um, people more of a chance to compete yeah and, more opportunity more opportunity yeah. to, but for to, both men and women which yeah. is really cool Refine that's what i craft. love to see yeah. Yeah. yeah all right so in the future i mean is this just you keep going on these incremental growth perspectives or or is there some magical place in the future that you know 
that you're you say, all right, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, study uh, Mongolian yak uh, agriculture for this time, or is this it? Are you? I don't this... look too much in the future. You know, <laughs> I one know week, you do. One, one week at a time, you know. Oh. One, one week at a time. One week um, at a time. No, I'm happy what I'm doing, and just uh, I'm lucky I kind of fell into the right spot, and you know, I get to work with so many great athletes at at the gym, man. It's you know, like I knew, grew up thinking that everybody hated their job. You know, like I hated going to school. Tell my mom, oh, I hate school. She's like, well, you think I like going to work? <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. I hate going to, you know, I'm like, oh, damn, life sucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, if you you get a chance to do what you love, you know, you're, you got to be grateful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Mike, I, I'm grateful for uh, the time we spent together before. Yeah. And I'm also grateful that, uh, uh, I know you as a friend now and yeah. I'm grateful for you showing up. It's, Thanks uh, for having me. you're welcome. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the, 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 one of the greatest things I believe that exists in this world is a person's willingness to want to coach and you have a gift in that. And to be able to share that in the way you are at the caliber you're doing, you're really you're transforming people's lives and that's really it's fun to watch and it's uh it's a blessing on oh, you. So, thanks man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for enjoying it. Thanks for having me. Yeah.